0: Well hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the podcast. You're listening to episode 52 with the marvelous, wonderful, talented Mrs. Sherry Rigby. I had been following Sherry for a really long time actually because of a movie that impacted my life in a really fantastic way. So sit back and relax and listen to this amazing episode talking about just really stepping into your power, operating as a woman of faith and a powerhouse woman, totally killing it in your calling. You guys are going to love this episode. Here's Sherry. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of the Powerhouse podcast. I am here with Miss Sherry, she is an actress, and she is a mother and wife and author and does so many cool things. And I've been following her for quite some time. Um, She is such an expert in her field. And I found her actually through a movie that I watched that she was a star in. So um, this is Sherry Rigby, we are so honored to have
1: you on the podcast. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, thank you for having me. I love the powerhouse podcast. This is fantastic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so cool how God works. We were just talking before the podcast started about just how God connects you um, and how we are also connected. Sherry has a book coming out where I'm sure she'll tell us a little bit more about that. And that's one of the things that they talk about in her book. Um, But just to kind of honor you for a second. So God's been doing a weird thing in my life where it's been really cool to see how in the turning of the leaf of just becoming Miss Nebraska USA, which obviously had this podcast and my business before all of that. um, I've been praying for female mentors in my life and just to be connected with powerhouse females like you for a really long time. And I wanted to wait to say this on air, so it'd be really genuine. Um, But you and Real Talk Kim specifically are just women that I've been following for a really long time that I look up to. I've always been interested in and acting and just like theater and singing and just the arts and stuff like that. And so surely just to have women that you can look up to that are killing it, but also have successful families and haven't compromised on the things that um, God calls us to first, even before our
1: careers just means the world to me. So it's really an honor to talk to you today, Sherry. Awesome. Well, thank you for saying that. And I, I mean, I really do believe that, um, you know, God gives us, you know, these big, highways and where he calls us into. And so I think, you know, as long as we're stepping out and walking in his will, and, um, you know, we can do just about anything, you know, obviously he's the God of impossible. So um, it's, it's so much fun. But thank you for saying that. I hope that, um, you know, Kim is pretty fantastic. So I'm <laughs> really happy to be included in that <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah she's she's awesome I, man when i uh when we finally got to talk a couple weeks ago it was so cool and such a god connection and now in a moment it's like we've known each other our whole lives so I'm I'm very honored but I would just love to kind of hear um your story from the beginning how did you get into what you're doing now where did that passion start as a child did you always know that you wanted to be an actress first but tell us a little bit about that I'm super interested
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you know what it's it's funny because um it happened in such a very bizarre way to me when I was a little girl, I grew up in a small town, North Dakota, Bismarck, North Dakota, and um, one of the greatest outlets that we had in this little town was this this fantastic, you know, um, old movie theater, and I thought it was the greatest place in the whole world to spend time, and so, um, you know, it was, it was such a tiny town. I think there was maybe a thousand people in it, and so this little theater sat right downtown, and And it's really where where I spent most of my time and all of the movies that were coming through there was just, you know, movies that I wanted to be a part of. And I would watch them in awe of, you know, watching these leading ladies on the big screen. Um, Plus, you know, I I think I was raised also in a family where, um, you know, we were always kind of sitting down watching different shows. My dad loved watching like, you know, gosh you know this is really going to age me um Beretta and um you know Police Woman and Wonder Woman and all these different you know television shows and so I always thought they were so fascinating in these different characters and I just always thought you know I just want to be one of those leading ladies and then um over the years of my life uh that didn't really pan out the way that I thought that it was going to look. And so, uh, life started to turn. I became a teenage mother at the age of, um, 16, almost 17 years old. And, um, life took a different turn for me. And, um, so as time went on though, through lots of peaks and valleys, um, finally, when I met my, my husband that I've been married to now for 23 years, we just celebrated 23 years, um, you know i had this vision in my mind i i had dedicated my rededicated my life to christ i was now part of a church that um you know i was really excited to be a part of the family of god um i was married to this great man and um all i could envision at that time was having you know a father for my child and more children And it was really now that was like the highlight of what I was looking forward to. And, um, and so as we went on, we were probably two, three years into our marriage, we had had a pretty hard time getting pregnant with um, our youngest son, Levi, but finally, (laughs) we did and um, had him and gosh, right about that time, everything seemed to be so great, you know, church. We had started a coffee shop at the church called Hebrews for creatives. And, you know, just like all these like really cool things were going on and I was ready to, you know, get pregnant to have my next child. And that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so we went on for another couple years where there was just a lot of, you know, desperation and feeling like what was the next part of my journey that God was going to, you know, take me on. And so, um, I I was praying and just you know really crying out to God over what He had next for me and how this could possibly be because this wasn't what I was uh, wanting or desiring for my life and um, and so the next thing I knew a producer came in with his family and sat down in this little coffee shop and uh, I poured coffee for him and he at that point looked up at me and said Have you ever thought about doing commercials? Wow. Like, what? commercials? God, what are we doing? And so I, I went on this audition and, um, you know, walked into a room of probably a hundred people, had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I just went in and gave it my best shot and I booked the job. Wow. Sense. Wow. So were you in
0: LA already at that time? And how did you end up making that move? Or were you still in North Dakota?
1: No, so we went from North Dakota. I went from North Dakota to Phoenix, Arizona phoenix arizona my family moved there um when i was still pretty young and then um from phoenix arizona so my husband and i were in phoenix arizona until 2009 so really my career actually in the entertainment world started prior to that it started in the early 2000s where i started diving into something completely
0: new Wow. And after you did that first commercial, did something unlock in you or what, what did you feel after that and connecting with like your theater background? Where did you have like an aha moment where you're like, whoa, I didn't even know, but maybe this is like part of God's call in my life.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I, I, my only theater background was um, two little plays that I had done when I was a little girl back in North Dakota still, and one was I played Mary, and one was, you know, the (laughs) next so I had no more experience than that, so I was like, it was really something that was completely new for me, but I think when I went in, and um, what did unlock in me, and I think what unlocks in everybody is that You know, we do have creative, we have these creative force, this force that God puts inside of us because he's a God of creation, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it it unlocked something new inside of me that I was really intrigued by. And with each commercial and each thing that I started to do in Phoenix, Arizona, it really started to, I had this appetite, I guess the way that I would say it, there was an appetite for me now wanting to learn a craft that Mm -hmm. I had never learned.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I think one of the things that I love helping, helping all of my clients with the most is helping them get unstuck in those times of uncertainty, whether maybe they're at the end of just where their faith is running dry or their natural ability running dry. What would be your advice to people of the things that have helped you get unstuck through those moments and to continue to hone your craft and trust God through seasons as you're continuing to advance on what that might be?
1: Yeah. Wow. That's a really great question because, um, you know, believers, not believers. I mean, we go, through, we all, because we're human, right? We go through those and we go through these big peaks and valleys. And I think even more as, you know, and just, I'll just step out there and say this. I think even people creatives, even go through some higher peaks and valleys. We deal mm-hmm. with all different things. Right. Um, and in this business specifically, we hear no all the time. Yeah judged on appearance or judged on this you know this the scene that we're putting up or something whatever that talent is that we've been honing in on and so if we don't get the job or we don't you know all of a sudden we start questioning are we Mm -hmm. really talented Is God really needed to be in this moment right so my greatest advice I think for you know, what's helped me in all of this has really been to lean into the Lord. I mean, I've I've literally been in these moments where I thought I was the one that was booking a job, getting this next film or whatever that might've looked like. And it's like this close. And all of a sudden I, I don't get the job. And, and I've had, I've had to work through those moments and and it's taken me time. You know, it used to be where it took me days. I would get caught up in an audition that I would do. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I I could have done that better. I could have done that better. I sent that in and that's why I didn't get the job. And I'm, playing it out in my head. And all of a sudden I realized like, no, you know what? God's already written it. So if it's my job, I already, already got it. If I didn't get it, it wasn't mine to begin with, but it took me time. And then what I had to really do was to develop the, uh, that understanding. But then I had to, even through the moments when I was just sobbing, I remember a very specific time coming here to LA. I'd worked so hard, not on an audition. And I really believed I had people calling me left and right, telling me I was about to get this next job. I was over the hills in Laurel Canyon dropping from sunset all the way back over into the Valley. I got a call saying I didn't get the job. And it was the first moment that I realized that, that I better, as I cried, I needed to start praising God that I didn't get that job that he had something more for me. And what that did for me was that unstuck me in a way that it actually gave me the ability now to propel me through those times much quicker so I can pull my bootstraps back up and get ready for the next, um, whatever is the next that God has for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so important, and I think just part of being a leader is learning how to not craft our theology based off of our experience, and that is so much easier said than done, but as an encouragement to those that are listening, when you learn to have that kind of trust in God and know that He's got your back, even through different expectations or disappointment, um, that's just so powerful to know that that's not something that's ever going to change. So... What does that walk look like on a day-to-day basis for you? I think a lot of times um, it's easy to talk about all the things that we should do, but sometimes it's just as simple as like, what does devotional time look like? What does it look like to fill yourself back up? What does it look like to praise God in the car when you have a 30-minute drive left and all you want to do is cry, but you don't want to see everybody else at the stoplight looking at you? Or is it okay to cry in those moments?
1: How do you handle those things? Well, the beautiful thing is now is everybody thinks you're on your phone having a massive phone call. Yeah, you can cry and you can scream and you can do all those things, and people are like, "Oh, they're just not." The- She's just not. The- yeah, yeah. Freedom in that. You know, for me, you know, I have to. I'm an early riser, and I really believe in goals. I believe in routines, and. Um, you know, for me, I have to get out of bed and I have to dig into the word of God. I have to sit, I got to have my cup of coffee. I've got to spend my time of meditation and silence. And I got to dig into the word of God. And I'm, I I really believe in journaling. I believe in, we have to craft the, um, ability to listen. You know, we, 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 uh, we try to you know, really sit in front of the Lord, I think so often and just try to pour out what we want him to answer. Um, And so we have to really learn how to listen. It's taken me time to do that. It's, you know, getting, um, putting that worship music on um, and it's really digging deep inside and starting my day off with that refreshing spirit. And God says, you know, we have to renew our minds every single day. And I really believe that in order for us to do that and do it well, we have to start that first thing in the morning. You know, we're all, we're all so trained right now. When I lead my girls or I'm mentoring or something, you know, one of the first things we do is say, you got to put the phone down. That phone, when you roll over in the morning, it better not be the first thing in your hand because you will be distracted. We kick off our days in social media and emails. And before we know it, we're on the rat, that rat wheel of life. And we have no time, even if we do sit down in front of God, our mind is already so distracted that it's not, it's actually really hard for us to refocus again. So that's something for me, I get my exercise in, I make sure I'm eating. Um, You know, I talk about balance all the time, mental, physical, and spiritual balance. People always come to me and say, eh, I'm working on the spiritual side, or I'm working on the mental side of it, or I'm working out, working out. That's imbalance. Balance is going through a schedule that really takes you through those three things daily to get you in balance to allow you to handle a day equipped and ready to take on the world we're warriors. God set us apart. And if we're not in that headspace, it's extremely difficult for us not only to go through the joyous times, but when we get hit with those Uh bad times, man, I mean, it is really bad. So my my encouragement is, you know what, make him your priority and and your days will look a whole lot different.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I think specifically during this time, gosh, of unprecedented, like just everyone, like every single person, no matter rich or poor, black or white, like whatever place you come from has been affected by this coronavirus. And I think that God is doing, I don't think God did this. Obviously the enemy comes to still kill and destroy, but God takes circumstances and he, he helps us to look at things. And I know in my own personal life, I've been extremely humbled to look at my systems and to look at what's working for me and what's not, because all of us have been required to slow down in a way. And I think press reset where God is shining a light back on the family and saying, Hey, did you forget about this? Like, this is so important. This, this needs to come before a lot of things. And certainly our personal walks with the Lord. Um, my boyfriend and I were just talking about last night, actually, and he was just saying that he's like, babe, you know, I really think if he's like, you're such a learner and such a go-getter, we we're just saying this. He's like, um, I think that you need to just put your phone down for an hour and like have it scheduled on your calendar where you read. He's like, cause Megan, if you don't read and you don't feel that advancement of like, Hey, I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm getting better at something. He's like, you turn into a crazy person. And right. so I found that out about myself in this season. It's something that I already knew. But I didn't realize I wasn't putting it into practice until all the other noise went away. So I'm really glad that you said that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important for us because, you know, um, you got to get into the word. And getting into the word is reading and it's steeping yourself in it. And it's the living word. So it really does revitalize and refresh our spirit. Yep. Come on. And it allows us to be reminded that, man, the Jesus that walked the earth, you know, a few thousand years ago is in, in, the God that knows us knew that we would be, um, that we would deal with distraction. Mm. We would be, that would be an enemy after us because time is something you can never get back. We can, we can get money back we can relationships certain things like that but you can never get your time back. So the more that we're distracted from really staying focused on what God has for us whether it's the phone or television or you know whatever it might look like we're missing really fantastic time to know and to be within the bounds of learning from the Lord. And I think it's really it's a it's a good time for us to be reminded of that.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. I When I was just talking with Real Talk Kim a couple weeks ago, and this was on the podcast, it was so funny. I asked her and I just said, okay, here's my question I've been waiting to ask you for two years. How do you do it all? Like, how do you do this? How do you run a worldwide ministry and lead a church and write books and do all these things? And her response was so beautiful. And she said, Megan, every single part of your life has to be submitted to the Lord. Every single part part because the part that is not, and the part where God is not first is the part where the enemy will wreak havoc. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. That's so beautiful. And I think it's important for people to hear it in different ways that will minister to them. And that will kind of hit them because sometimes it's like your mom telling you to eat your vegetables. It's as soon as somebody else tells you it, then you realize that, Oh, like, Hey, I heard I should eat my vegetables today. And so I really hope that people in this season of coronavirus can Can take that to heart. But I want to switch gears a little bit. So, talking a little bit more um, about how I initially connected with you and uh, the movie that you were a part of that was so impactful. I know that's been quite a few years since obviously um, that movie had its original impact, but I would just love for you to tell our listeners how you connected to that on a personal level, maybe even being a teenage mom, and um, the coolest things that have come out of that movie to see that's created a movement of uh, sorts, and also just to be a part of something that's had such a ripple effect on culture, um, and maybe even people who aren't Christians who have seen a different side of what normally is presented in the media.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great question, and thank you. I I think that, um, well, you know, the movie October Baby, and I think that's that's the movie, Mm -hmm. you know, October Baby was such a a powerful movie because it really did tackle something that nobody really talks about and that's really um not even just being a post-abortive woman but it was really from the side that there are actually abortion survivors and it's really this class of people that are unidentified right Mm -hmm. they're really not talked about and so um You know This particular movie, I worked with uh, John and Andy Irwin on Slow Fade, Mm. and um, and so I kind of knew some of their styles and stuff, but as I went into work with uh, them on October Baby, wow. I mean, this movie set so many things in motion for me. One, it was a movie that God had been writing for me for 20 years. Mm. This story really had so many parallels for me, and even though I was a small part of this movie the the parts that were small were so God ordained you know they really were bathed in the holy spirit because they spoke to people on a level that was really heart piercing and and for me personally you know it was really where I met the lord on this movie set that that released me and gave me freedom to be able to speak to speak about being a post abortive woman and about being a teenage mother wow and you know, saying yes to this project and so and then also to be a woman who could speak to, um, you know, the mass to say, you know, these people do exist, um, if you're a teenage mom or a woman, you know, that you feel like you have to abort your child, you can Um, have a baby and be successful we can encourage you we can lift you up we can help to support you and then also to women and men that had um, you know abortion in their past also to be um, a voice of reassurance to them to remind them that God can use everything to his glory and that he does forgive us and that we are not held captive by that sin that's not who our savior is he died on the cross for us he shed his blood for us. And he wants us to know forgiveness. He wants us to know Mm -hmm. him and he wants us to be able to speak about it and not to be held captive. And so that movie for me moved me through so many different things. And then it opened up not only, um, you know, other things in in the entertainment world, but really what it did was because I said yes to that movie, it set me on a two year trajectory of speaking and something that I had no idea that I was going to get ready to do. Wow. Um, what God was doing was he actually took movies and things like that back. He pulled those back and he put me in a place where I was traveling for almost two years solid speaking. And then I wrote my first book called Beautifully Flawed, um, Finding the Radiance and the Imperfections of Your Life mm-hmm. and really telling my story of who I am as a woman and how God has taken all of the things that i feel like are such awful things in my life. And he's actually turned them around and used them for good. Yeah. 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 And so
0: how many books have you written now to date?
1: Um, I'm on my second right now. I'm getting ready to release my next one, Consider the Lilies. Mm, And what's this one about? Um, This one is really, you know, this is... (laughs) I love this book. It's about, um, the subtitle of it is get rooted in your destiny by discovering God's plan. Mm. And this is really when I came to Hollywood in 2009, I believed that God was calling me here to be this huge movie star. And what I realized very quickly was not that he wasn't going to give me the, the films and the things he desired to give me, but really what he had done is he had put me into Hollywood to actually serve his women. And my purpose was actually something far greater than being an actress. It was really my purpose was him and finding freedom in that and then serving the women that were here. And so what he did is he set a course in front of me that I now work through and have for 10 years. And when I mentor women or I talk to women, um, I take them through a process. And it's kind of like what we talked about. You got to lean into the Lord for everything. And I walk through these practical tools of what you can set in place for you daily to take you from confusion to clarity on looking at the plan God has for your life.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll be the first person to buy it. So let (laughs) us know when it comes out. Um, That resonates with me on a very personal level. And I think just for everybody listening too, seriously, like go follow her on social media. We'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end because this is a time where during chaos and confusion of coronavirus, the enemy is just trying to stir the pot in every way that he can to make you look at all your problems 8,000 different ways instead of looking into Jesus, you know, the author and finisher of your faith. And so I'd love to just hear more about um, your process of what you do to kind of bring people from confusion to clarity. i previously walked through an abusive relationship that left me just confused for an entire year. And I remember walking out of that just with a thread left of my identity and God's been able to help me put the pieces together to rebuild my empire and And obviously just mutually just feeling called to women. So I'm always just super interested to hear um, maybe more specifically, what do you feel like are the the problems that you find yourself fixing the most to help people get clarity walking through your process?
1: Yeah, I think that's such a great question Um, because, and and, and what I hear so often are some of those key things. And one of the things that you just said was identity. We, we, we forget that um, so often believers, what, whatever our background is, is we forget who our identity is in and who's created us. And we start to attach what the world tells us to attach to it. So we start to identify with success, um, how many titles we have behind our name, um, social media. Um, we start to identify with things of that nature. And so as we identify with things like that and that nature, and we believe we find purpose, right? We find our our purposes in those things. When that title or that thing comes to an end, we all of a sudden find ourselves back in confusion, right? Just like what you were saying about your relationship. When the relationship ended, you start to question. You start to question who you are what happened to the relationship. So what we what I try to really do is I try to really focus women back on the idea of they've got to find their purpose first and foremost in Christ. We were purposefully created for God the Father. And we've been told we have a narrative in our world that our purpose is somehow some way identified in what we think we do every day. So for example, as an actress, people think right away that if I don't get my next job, well, maybe I've lost my purpose. Or as a woman that couldn't have any more children, did I lose my purpose? Or was that a season in my life? And did God call me out of that and put me someplace else because he already has a plan for me in my life. So I have to really start to listen and and understand who I am, and whose I am and how I've been created. And I have to get right in my mind as I try to help women to focus on, you were created for purpose because you have a purposeful father and a calling. What you're looking at and what we have to identify is the talents that you've been given and how are you honing those in? How are you serving God and serving people? How are you walking in that? How what are your spiritual giftings that God has given you as a believer? What is the territory that you're taking? If God's put you in where he's put you in, Megan, what what is the territory that you're doing? Where are you working in? How are you getting there? How are you identifying? And in the moment that you start to see or feel confusion, you have to go back and start from the beginning again to look at where you're at. You've got to understand who you were created by and identifying Mm -hmm. with the Savior. And that's the biggest thing I, I look at in this book um we've got a lot of self-help books on the market and i pray that my book takes you back and points you back towards jesus and identifying yourself with him first Yeah. Um, and, and 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 you know i i think probably i could tell you this the one thing that i hear the majority i would say 99.9 percent of the time for women that call me or connect with me is in some way shape or form they will say to me I don't think I've found my purpose yet. I don't know what my purpose is. I think I just, I lost my purpose.
0: Hmm, hmm, yeah.
1: Great bill of sales that we could, can you imagine how many people right now that are dealing with coronavirus think they lost their purpose?
0: Yeah, Whew. yeah, when really their identity was just wrapped up in what they were doing rather than who they were, you know?
1: Exactly. So I think that's what this book is really about. And it's, it's a process that I still go through. I'm human, just like anybody else's. And I got to tap into the one that created me. Um, And that's how I hope that, that women um, will read this book and that they will tap in and identify themselves with their creator first. And then they'll start to really look at all the beautiful things that God has set within them, um, that, that the talents and giftings that they get to go out and use in the places that he's set them in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. I can't wait till that comes. And what day does that come out
1: again? Well, they just moved it. I think it's because of the coronavirus. Um, But they can do pre-orders right now on Amazon or consider theliliesbook.com, but it's releasing um, April 30th.
0: Okay. Yay. Yeah. So excited. Soon, yeah. soon. This is perfect timing for that. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I would just love to know from one person to another who is a female boss lady, what would you like to see in the world for women? I know that's a really broad question, but in a, in a perfect society or even just in kind of glossing over a lot of the women that you've been able to touch and impact in your world, what is the, the one thing that you really wish that more women would kind of like take ownership of and just decide to do despite maybe the fears that they might have?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. One, I think um, I would remind them that we are in the greatest time in history for women. Come on, More billionaires that are women than ever before. We have more women leading um, as CEOs than ever before. Um, so I want to encourage them to find hope in that and really think about the um, that it, as an encouragement. Number two, I want them to be reminded that Jesus was the front run- runner in changing the history of women. He called us in like none other, and they need to walk back through the Gospels and see the way that Jesus um, called out his women and set them apart from what others were doing. The woman at the well, people get stuck on the story that she was sitting there and she was so full of sin, but guess what, she went back to the village and she spoke truth to them that led them to know that they needed to go hear their savior. I can go on and on and on as he reveals himself when we just had Easter to a woman. Yep. Right. (laughs) Women that are listening to you that we are in one of the greatest times of our life right now, and that Christ, first and foremost, was the front runner for us. And don't ever, as long as you are pressing into the will of God and Mm -hmm. asking the serious question, God, is this your will or mine? You just need to step out in faith. Go for what He's put in front of you, but make sure you ask that question. And There is no fear in that. In fact, he says you have authority. He's made you strong and courageous. And he wants you to be women warriors of God. He wants you to put the full armor on so that you can go back and take territory for him. He didn't make us feeble. He didn't make us women to just sit and linger. He made us powerhouses to go out there and do the will of God.
0: Yeah, come on. I love that. Um, I don't know if you've read um, Chris Valentin's book from Bethel, but he, God called him a couple years ago. Um, you have read it. Okay. So yeah, when I remember when I, when I watched, he has like three hours of stuff of probably like three or four years ago. And he's like, oh my gosh, God called me to do a study on this. I'm a dude, like what the heck? And I just remember listening to that during a season where I was in the car a lot and just bawling my eyes out because I felt the love of God in such a way where I was empowered to be myself. And because we do have a lot of powerhouse women um, listening, I just want to encourage you guys. Like, Let us be an example. Let the other women that you've heard on this podcast be an example that just don't light, like, don't hide your light under a bushel. Jesus has not called you to op- operate in that. God has not called you to operate in that. And I think sometimes when we're given um, a calling that is in the forefront, or maybe we have a bolder Personality. Sometimes it's very difficult because there just aren't enough female powerhouses that are out there taking their place. And so with that, if there's just anything for the sake of time, I wish we could talk all day. Um, if there's anything else either on that thought or on a totally different thought that you'd like to leave people with, um, I'd love for you to just kind of speak a word over our listeners to kind of close it up from a mother's heart and a fellow powerhouse's heart and then tell us how we can contact you.
1: Absolutely. Well, I would uh, remind ladies, um, all of these lady bosses that are are watching these (laughs) powerhouses, your identity is in the one that created the world. Your identity and your unique nature of who you are, whether it's on the outside or the inside or the talents that you've been given, have been created by the greatest creator of all time, the greatest storyteller of all time. So I want you to own that and I want you to remember that there is none other because if you know that he knows all things, he knows exactly the way that he's created you. So step in, step in faith, step out, do what God has called you to do and don't ever, ever think for a moment that you weren't created with a unique and beautiful personality and nature and looks and all things exactly the way the Creator wanted you to be in the first place. Own that. Own it because the moment that you own it is the moment that you will find freedom. He says in his word, his yoke is light. We're the ones that keep putting on the burden and carrying around something that he never wanted us to carry around. To look at somebody else's life, to see them differently, to think that I want to be somebody else or look like somebody else or identify with somebody else. No. Own who he's created you to be, and you will take down mountains. You will take down mountains. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you have any questions or anything that you want to ask, reach out to me. You can always find me at Sherry Rigby, social media, however you want to do that. Let me know how, how I can help, but I would love Megan to be able to pray over you and the women that are listening to this and wrap up our time together today, because as women warriors of God, we need to pray mightily to move mountains and join together. Like God calls us to, to do exactly what he wants us to do in this world. So if I can do that, yes, please love, love to do that. Yes, please. (sighs) Lord God, I just thank you first and foremost for Megan. I thank you for her ministry. I thank you that she has stepped out and that she's a powerhouse, that you've created, Lord God, a beauty inside and out, that you've created her for such a time as this. And I thank you for each and every woman that comes Within her sphere, Lord God, women that are part of her world, women that that come in and and need encouragement. I just pray, Lord God, that women today that are listening to this podcast, that have listened to other ones in the past or whatever, the the, the ones that are getting ready to listen to the ones in the future, Lord God, that you, you would speak truth to them in that very moment, that you would be in every one of the podcasts that you would be in our words, Lord God. You have created us to do mighty things, Lord God. And I just pray over each and every woman that they would hear, Lord God, your voice during this time, your voice calling them out and calling them into a place of leadership of authority, of serving you, um, identifying with you and who you've created them to be and reminding them that they were purposefully created for the creator of the universe. That is powerful in itself. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are gonna do mighty things through this time, through the coronavirus, that you are going to bring powerhouses Out of this time, like we have never seen before, you are doing something new because you are the God of next. Even in death, you were the God of next because you always had something. You have something ready, ready to go. Um, You are the light of the world, Lord God. So we are looking for you, Lord. We are are steeping ourselves in you and we are ready for the next. So we just pray over all the people that are going through this time, Lord God, that you would bring them to that place, Lord God, where they lean into you and see what's next. We thank you for all that you're doing, Lord Jesus, in our lives and allowing us to continue to share the message of you first and foremost in the places you've called us into. We love you, Lord God, in your precious Holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank Mm -hmm.
0: you so much, Sherry. You're awesome. And to everybody listening, thanks so much for being on the podcast today and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the powerhouse podcast. I'm coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at powerhouse pageantry or at the powerhouse project. And I am so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow. That's a mouthful in this beautiful year of 2020. Never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and Allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are have a great day